help us whatever we do to see Jesus. Cause our minds to be focused upon him. On our risen Savior for his kingdom glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I want to start out tonight by giving a, a testimony. Um, last Saturday uh, morning at the morning prayer, I was here with uh, Michael, Pastor Mike and Randy. And I shared a testimony with them about how God had done something in my life and in the life of my wife. And um, Pastor Mike, he said, you need to share that. <laughs> I said, well, okay, I'll, I'll do that. Uh, and so that's what I want to do tonight uh, as we go forward. I don't know if I'm going to get him to my message. Maybe I will, maybe I won't. The Holy Ghost had his way. Um, well, it all began... Actually, it was an ongoing thing uh, for a number of years. I had begun to develop some cysts in my body, uh, namely on my scalp. And um, just over the years, a number of years, I guess, it just kept growing. And uh, they became more and more worrisome in terms of, you know, when I go to the barber shop, a barber had to work around them. And they just, uh, my wife was looking, looking at them. And she just like, you know, you really need to get that looked at. Like, I said I cursed them <laughs> in the name of Jesus. So, you know, I'm just believing they just going to fall off. Well, they didn't fall off. And so, around um, about beginning of November, she finally convinced me. She said, look, uh, this ain't getting no better. I'm going to make an appointment with you with the dermatologist. And so she did. <laughs> and she said, you better go. <laughs> and so I did. And so, uh, anyway... When I went to the dermatologist, they took a look at them, and uh, said, they don't look good. We want to do a biopsy. And I said, well, okay. You got my permission to do that. And so they did a biopsy. That's my wife back there. She needs to come on in here. Tell Cheryl to come in, because she needs to help me pronounce some of these words. <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not good at medical stuff. Anyway, um, they, um, they did the biopsies, and uh, like I said, this is around uh, Thanksgiving time about now. And um, at my facility where I work, we do a... Thanksgiving meal for the residents, and typically we do it a week before Thanksgiving. And so um, on this particular, I believe it was a Friday before Thanksgiving, 
uh, I was uh, busy getting ready for that around about 10.30ish that morning. And I noticed that we had run out of, we didn't have, we had our desserts were there. We all had enough desserts. But I didn't have any diabetic desserts <laughs> for the diabetics. So I said, well, you know, I'm going to run around the corner. Kroger is right down the street. <laughs> and so I went down there and bought a couple of diabetic pies. Well, while, while I was in the store, my cell phone rang. And it was the, uh, the dermatologist. And she uh, said, do you have a minute? I said, yeah, I got a minute. I said, I'm kind of busy, but I got a minute. Well, I just want to tell you that uh, you were, the biopsies came back, and you do have basal cell, what's the Carcinoma and squamous cell carcinoma. In other words, it's cancer. So I said, okay. Is that it? She said, that's it. She said, um, we're going to get back with you um, on uh, where, how we're going to go forward with this. And uh, you enjoy your Thanksgiving holiday. <laughs> I said, okay, well, thank you. So I, uh, I called my wife. And I told her, I said, look, um, uh, the dermatologist that you sent me to. <laughs> no, I didn't say it like that. But uh, they called and they said, uh, I have uh, cancer. And uh, she said, you, you kidding? I said, no, I'm not kidding. That's what they said. That, that's what she said. She said you kidding. I said, no, that's what, that's what they said. I say, uh, are you all right? She said, I'm fine. She said, are you all right? I said, yeah, I'm fine. I said, first of all, first thing we're going to do is we're not going to walk in fear. We're just not going to do that. Uh, that's what we're going to do. We're not going to walk in any fear because God has not given us a spirit of fear. So we made that declaration right there on the phone. And so um, Cheryl said, well, I'll tell you what. After, you know, I, w I went back to work, and I think after the party, we began to kind of talk a little bit about, she said, well, she worked at MD Anderson Cancer Center. And she said, look, um, what I need you to do is call them so that you can, so that they can send over the path, pathology report to us here at MD Anderson so that my, uh, my doctor and my team over here can take a look at them. Because I, I don't know nothing about that stuff. So I basically kind of let her do that. She got in touch with them and she talked to them. And, and they sent over the, uh, the report. And so anyway, um, after that, Cheryl, I got an amazing wife. She is an amazing Christian woman, and she's a strong woman of faith. But anyway, she walked with me through all this, and uh, I'm so thankful to God. But uh, after that, she got with uh, the head and neck 
surgeon at MD Anderson who happens to work with her. Amazing how God works. And uh, they, they worked on the same floor. And they got me in to see them the next week, right? Right after Thanksgiving. Right, yeah, a couple of days after Thanksgiving. So anyway, um, next thing I know, I'm at MD Anderson. And they're looking at me over from head to toe. And I'm just not used to that, you know. You know, I go to the doctor for checkups once every six months, and that's what I do. But I've never had any uh, major, thank God, health issues in my life, my whole life. I've just been so blessed. But this was a situation where they were looking me over from head to toe. And they, they agreed with the... Um, with the diagnosis that the other dermatologists had get given, and they said yeah, that's what it is, it's cancer, uh, but we want to do a biopsy. And so they did, they did their biopsy, and the biopsy came back, yeah, the same thing, the word that she said. <laughs> and so anyway, um, we just began to... Um, of course, believe God that, you know, God was, is on the throne. And we just don't want to preach this. We want to live this. Amen? When we believe in healing and how God will touch you. But sometimes you have to walk through some things. And uh, anyway, um, we went over several options on how to treat this. Like I said, there were three tumors and uh first option was just to go in and take them off which i was fine with that you know take them off get them get them away from me um then there was another option that this uh specialist said that they could do and it was called moles surgery and that and i ain't gonna get off into all of it but it's it's supposed to be uh, less uh, scarring. And I said, well, we can go for that. And so anyway, we, uh, we set that up for, and like I said, all, all while this going on, this is during the holidays. You know, Thanksgiving and Christmas and, you know, and so we're, uh, we're believing God and just we're going to enjoy ourselves. We're going to, preach the gospel. Amen. We're going to be in the ministry and do what God tells us to do. So anyway, so they set the uh, the surgery up for January the 5th, which was about three weeks ago. And so uh, went over there to the uh, treatment center downtown in the medical center and they uh, they performed the surgery. As a matter of fact, she <laughs> she taped it on the cell phone. She was they, they let her in there, you know. <laughs> they let her in there because she's part of their team. So she was. Anyway, they um, with the mold surgery, they they removed the tumors. But uh, something happened when you do mold surgery. What they do, they immediately 
when they take the tumors out, they immediately go to biopsy. They're able to, they have the, the, the pathology team there and they're able to look at the cancer or the tumors under the microscope. So they do it that same day. So um, after they took the tumors out and left the room and sent the uh, samples or the specimens to the pathologist, the doctor came back about 45 minutes later. He said, well, we don't understand something. We looked at the uh, tumors under the microscope, and we don't see any cancer in the tumors. We don't see, we don't know what happened, but <laughs> there's no cancer in the tumors that we took out. Okay? She said, uh, and she's a, supposed to be a big time cancer doctor. She said, I can't explain this, but what I want to do is, I want to get with some of my colleagues. We get together when we see unusual cases like this, and we uh, have a roundtable discussion. And you're going to be a main topic of that roundtable discussion <laughs> because we don't understand what happened. Well, I understand what happened. Amen. <laughs> I understand what happened. God, God did something. But anyway, um, so about a week after that, he sold me back up and everything. Praise the Lord. About a week after that, I got off of work. And uh, I stopped at uh, Bucky's over there off of 50, uh, 290. Got me a cup of coffee. And I'm in line paying for my coffee. My cell phone rings again. And it's the, the doctor at uh, MD Anderson, the lady who did the surgery. She said, Mr. Harris, you got a minute? I said, yeah, I got a minute. She says, um, I got some great news. <laughs> we don't know what happened, but you don't have cancer. I don't know. <laughs> we, we just don't know what happened. So um, today I went to, uh, to get the staples. They put staples all up in my head <laughs> and stitches and everything. I went and got those taken out today. And uh, Mike said, well, you need to get that testimony, Roy. Amen. And so I did. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. God is good. Yes, and like I said, I'm so thankful to my wife because... Um, she just uh, was there all with me doing all that. Now, a lot of stuff I left, I, you know how you, uh, you pray for people, you talk to people, you tell them to be strong in the Lord when they're going through things like that. And I asked God, I said, God, why, did you, why didn't you just take them off? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Dissolve them. And what I got, what I got was this. Son, you have never really been through nothing physically in your life. <laughs> I've shielded you from a lot of things. 
And in order for you to really have real compassion for people, you got to know how it feels to be waiting by the phone for a test result, for a call from the doctor. You got to know how it feels to be put off into an ultrasound machine. I have to do all that. They have to test me to see if the cancer had metastasized or whatever. You know, why are you waiting for all that to you trust in God? I mean, you're laying on that table. You trust in God. You're praying in tongues. You're saying, God. And he was with me. Praise the Lord. He was with me. But he's just saying, you need to, to understand how people feel when they get a bad report. So that you can... Jesus, when he was on the earth, he was moved with compassion. That's what caused his ministry to be so dynamic. He, he was compassionate when he ran into people who was going through a hard time. And we can't really be ministers on the level that God wants us to be unless we really have that compassion. Say, I done been where you are. I done heard the doctors say certain things. So anyway, I just want to give that testimony tonight. Pastor Mike said, you need to do that. And I did it. And uh, I'm thankful to God. Amen. Amen. Thankful to God. Amen. Amen. So there's those who may be needing healing tonight in your body. We want to even pray for you tonight. I just feel led to do that. That's all right. Uh, if anybody has anything going on in their body, thank you, Jesus. Not so much me, but my daughter. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go into details, but she needs prayer. She needs prayer a lot. Um, doctor tells her she needs to start taking this medication, mm-hmm. and that alters this and she's afraid that she won't be who she is mm-hmm. okay. she just needs prayer you want to stand in her place Absolutely. Amen, 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 amen Lord we just thank you Lord Jesus we thank you tonight that you have not changed Lord you're the same yesterday today and forever King Savior we lift her up to you tonight, O oh God. Yes, that your ministry of healing would touch her life right now, Father God, in Jesus' name. Top of her head to the soles of her feet, God. She will begin to experience, O oh God, your divine touch. Even in this situation, even in this infirmity, even in this problem. Father God, we thank you right now that you're moving by your spirit. You're bringing sweet deliverance. Sweet deliverance, King Savior. And we give you all the glory, all the praise, all of the honor for every manifestation of your spirit in this situation. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus.
Amen, amen, amen. Well, I got a message that uh, God placed on my heart. And I want to get to that tonight. And the entitlement of the message is the fullness of God. The fullness of God. Thank you, Lord. I want to begin in the book of John, chapter 1. I don't know how far we're going to get with this, but we'll get as far as the Holy Spirit wants us to. John chapter 1, verse 10. The Bible says, He was in the world, talking about Jesus. And the world was made by Him. He was in the world. And the world was made by Him. Now, That first part of that verse is what I want to look at for a minute. The world was made by him. That clearly speaks of Jesus' deity. Amen? The worlds were made by him. The world was made by him. And his creative power. And I wrote this in my note. Only deity can create. He is the source of all power. Can I get an amen? Amen. He, Jesus, is the Alpha and the Omega. we We need to view it from that perspective. Because when we understand who he is, we recognize his sovereignty and his ability to do whatever he wants to do. Now, the second part of that verse says, And the world knew him not. He was in the world, and the world knew him not. But what's that saying to me is that the pagan world knew him not. The pagan world. Uh, The descendants of Jephthah and Ham, the Gentiles, knew him not. They did not recognize him. And I said that, that, that was sad that the creator of the universe was walking the earth at that time and nobody knew who he was. That was very, very sad that the pagan world, the, the Gentile nation, did not know, who, knew, know him. But verse 11 is tragic. And it says here, He came unto his own, <laughs> and his own received him not. That's tragic. It was sad that the, Gent- that the Gentiles didn't recognize him. But it was tragic that his own people, the Jews, the seed of Abraham did not know him. They were the descendants of Shem. He came unto the seed of Abraham. He came unto the heirs of promise. And they rejected him. 
And in rejecting him, they rejected everything that he had for them. That's important. And it broke God's heart. It broke his heart. We see that. Hold your finger there in, 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 in there and we'll look at Matthew chapter 23. And we'll, we're going to see the heart of God in terms of how that felt to him to have his covenant people reject him. It says here in verse 37 of chapter 23 of Matthew, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stoned them that are sent unto thee, how often would have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathers her chickens under her wings, and you would not. You wouldn't come. You rejected me. And behold, because you rejected me, your house is left desolate. Your house is left under you desolate. They missed out. But it was not the will of God. That's why it was tragic. God had something for them that he had prepared for them before the foundation of the world. And they, at that time, did not accept it and rejected it, even though it was God's plan for them to experience it. Now, let's go back to John, chapter 1. And let's look at verse 12. Because the Bible says something that's very important, and it's very important for us today. But as many has received him, how many of y'all have received him? But to as many has received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Even unto them that believe on his name. To them he gave power to become the sons of God, which is unlimited access to Almighty God. Think about what I'm saying. Unlimited access to Almighty God. An eternal connection to the deity of the universe. God is offering to them anyone who will believe in Christ Jesus. Access to the deity of heaven. Access to the most powerful being in the whole universe. An acceptance of him. An opportunity for sonship. Hallelujah. Place at the very table of God. Generation to generation. Unlimited in its blessing. An opportunity to know him. And the power of his resurrection. This is what was offered to them, and at that particular time, they rejected it, the Bible says. That's why I say it was tragic. Verse 13. 
which were born not of, the, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Everything that I'm going to talk about tonight, going forward, is all God's idea. This is what he wanted. This is what he wants his covenant people to experience in their generation. Somebody say, well, when we get to heaven, we'll, and we will, <laughs> we will experience it, man. We're, we're, we're going to be unhindered in our ability to comprehend the wonders of the gospel and the power of God's resurrection. But there's some things that he wants us to know now. For those who will endeavor to go deep and to separate themselves from the world, the flesh, and the devil. There's a place in him and an access made through Jesus Christ that we can experience God on a level beyond our human comprehension. But we have to know that our God desires this and it's his perfect will. The Bible says it was not the will of man nor the will of the flesh, but it was the will of God. Verse 14. The Bible said the word was made flesh and dwelt among us talking about Jesus. That's talking about deity being made flesh. The almighty God, the son of the living God. And we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. Grace. Divine favor. He was full of it. He is full of it. Amen? I said amen. amen. Verse 15. John bare witness of him. Talking about John the Baptist. Saying, this was he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. So John got a revelation of who he was. This is not a normal prophet. <laughs> this is God in the flesh. Verse 16 is what I want to look at now. It says, and of his fullness have all we received and grace for grace. The Bible says, of his fullness, fullness of God, have we all received. God looks at us and views us differently than we view ourselves. He sees us filled with himself as the result of the new birth. He sees us lacking nothing because he has given us everything in himself. Let's put our eyes on something tonight. I want to 
put our eyes on a very familiar scripture, but I want the Holy Ghost to give us a new revelation of it as we look at it. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. We quote this, we have learned it. But God says, I want you to get it in your heart going forward because the things I want to do through the new creation is going to take a revelation of who, that, who you are in Christ to do it. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, how many of y'all are in Christ tonight? If you're not in Christ tonight, you can get in Christ. <laughs> it's very simple. Except Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. Then you are in Christ. Then you begin to have access to things you never had access to before. A divine relationship with the living God. Access to divine peace that passes all human understanding. A place at the very throne of God, at the foot of the throne, where you can worship God on a moment-by-moment basis. That's your portion. He says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Have become new. And I wrote this in my notes. The new birth gives us spiritual capacity in our reborn spirit to carry the whole fullness of God on the inside of physical bodies. I'm going to read that again. The new birth gives us, somebody say us, talking about you, talking about you, talking about me, gives us the spiritual capacity in our reborn spirit to carry the whole fullness of God inside of our physical bodies. These are temporal bodies, but they carry an eternal nature within. Amen? The very living God of the universe lives and dwells on the inside of us. St. Paul said, know you not <laughs> that you are the temple of the living God? There were people walking around during Paul's time who had been born again who did not understand who they had living on the inside of them. And as a result, they forfeited a lot of the blessings that they could have experienced in their Christian existence in their generation. And I say the same thing today. With us, if we don't have a revelation of the God on the inside of us, of the line of the tribe of Judah dwelling on the inside of us, we too will fall short of some things. Because we don't reckon or understand who lives there on a moment-by-moment basis. God Almighty lives on the inside of each and every one of us. We have the whole fullness of God in this new creature reality. Old things have passed away. Behold, I got access to new things. Sister Noja was preaching last Wednesday night and she mentioned the living creatures that surround the very throne of God. And how we also have access to that same 
blessing that they have access to. All we got to do is believe it. All we got to do is accept it. And begin to spend time with him so he can give us a revelation of these wonderful truths. Now, I want to now look at the willingness of the deity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, to give himself to us. The willingness of this. How, how much God desires to do this. Now, first I want to go to Genesis chapter 15. Something God told Abraham that really caught my attention sometime last year. As I was studying the Bible, very familiar scripture, but something God told Abram. Hadn't changed his name to Abraham yet, but it says, After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision. And this is what he said to him. He says, fear not, don't be afraid. He says, I am your shield, and I am your exceeding great reward. God was telling Abram that I'm giving all of who I am to you. I am your exceeding great reward. You're not going to get a reward greater than I am. You can experience me. All of me, if you can believe for it. I'm reminded of Moses. He said, I want to see your glory. God says, no man can see me and live, Moses. I'll let you see my hinder parts. God revealed to Moses his hinder parts. But I hear the heartbeat of God wanting to reveal more than that. He wanted to, Moses to see all of them, but at that time he couldn't. Here we stand on the other side of the cross, and we have access that Moses did not have access to. We have access to the very fullness of God. As the light of the Holy Ghost gives us that understanding. And it takes the Holy Spirit. Make no mistake about it. It takes the Holy Spirit to cause us to see these things. He's the one that reveals all truth to us. He's the one that reveals the covenant to us. He's the one that reveals the nature of God to us. He causes us to understand the love of God, the love that he has for us. And the what, what that love causes, it causes us to receive all of who he is when we understand how much he wants to give himself to us. That's what he was telling Abraham. He says, I am your exceeding great reward. I know you're believing me for that, that, that heir, but I am your exceeding great reward. The whole reason I'm giving you an heir is to bring you closer to me, to experience me on a level that I wanted Adam and Eve to know. So the willingness of deity to give to us himself fascinates me. That the living God, the king of the universe. Moses called him the everlasting God. The ancient one of days. 
wants to know me, wants to, wants to have fellowship with me, blows my natural mind. John chapter 4, verse 10, and I'll begin to close here. Had a lot more notes, but I, I'm not going to get to them. John 4, verse 10. Jesus answered, and he said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, if you understood something, and who it is that says unto thee, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. In other words, all you have to do is ask. And I'll give you all of me. That's what living water represents. It represents the Holy Ghost. It represents the fullness of God. It represents the essence of God. He said, all you have to do is ask me. And he would have given you. Jesus wasn't just talking. He meant every word he said to that lady. He said, all you have to do is ask, and I would have given you living water. Verse 13, Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this natural water shall thirst again. I understand who's talking. This is God Almighty talking to her. He's offering to her supernatural refreshment. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. So God's saying, I got water for you straight from my throne room. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. So he's offering to her all that he is. Does he deserve it? No. She was a woman that had five husbands. And the one she was living with wasn't her husband. You would think that she wouldn't qualify for this living water. But Jesus is speaking to her, letting her know that all, he, all she has to do is believe in him and he'll cause all of her past to be her past. And she can experience God on a level that up until that point no one had experienced. It. Verse 16. Jesus said unto her, go call your husband and come back. No, that's, I'm, 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 my bad. I need, I need to go to chapter 14. Chapter 14. And I'm going to close there, I promise. Sixteen and seventeen. Fourteen, sixteen, seventeen. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but you know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Now I'm going to close with this thought. 
God wants the church to experience him on a deeper level than our human minds can understand. And it is throughout the ages of eternity that he, that he wants that. I want to pray for us tonight that God would do some things in our lives by way of the Holy Spirit. That he would begin to give us revelation of his great love that he has for us. And because of that great love, this access to him that will be eternal and that is eternal. So Father, we come to you tonight in all the divine humility that we can muster. We approach your divine throne through the knowledge of Jesus Christ and all that he has done for us. We thank you, Lord, that he is our righteousness. That he has gone before us and made this way for us to approach the holy king of glory. We don't have to be ashamed. We don't have to be afraid. But you have willingly decided to give us all of yourself. Pray tonight, Lord God, that that revelation will take away all the fear. It'll take away all the shame that bondages and chains would be broken because of the revelation that you are ours and we are yours. And the fullness of God is our portion. Even in this generation, as we sit here at this Ark Fellowship tonight on this Wednesday night, we thank you right now, God, it is a reality. You are a reality to your people. And we glorify you in it and give you the praise, the glory, and the honor for every manifestation of your spirit as a result of this revelation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. God bless you. And thank you all for coming tonight. Hey, has Pastor Good Luck used to say, fruitfulness and prosperity, that's your portion as you go forward. Amen. Amen. God bless you.